Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class, Safra edition. Um, today's Breakfast in Class is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi on the occasion of Rosh Chodesh Kislev. La'aslacha b'akomikoko for success and everything. Even though Rosh Chodesh Kislev was yesterday, but because we were all on the bus on the way uh, to, uh, to Washington uh, for the rally, so we did not have a breakfast uh, here, um, but we were on the bus. Also dedicated in honor of Dr. Mara Shama for his inspirational Debre Torah, sponsored by Emmanuel Zara, Hazak Baruch. Just like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, dedicated also for the Ashima, for the Ashima, for the Ashima, for the Ashima, for the we also like to uh, mention the week of Kobu was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to go today and every day. I'm not sure why we say the week of Kobu was sponsored uh, for a year straight. I'm not sure why. At what point does that become the month of, the year of, the decade of Kobu? Uh, I think the reason is that there was a standing order that anytime it was not sponsored, David E. Ash was going to sponsor it. So um, uh, in, in any, if anyone ever wants to jump in, you know, David E. Ashes, he was supposed to be a backstop. I don't know how he suddenly became the front stop. Uh, so it's the, the week of Cobra, which might be the month or the year or the decade of Cobra. Um, he don't even like Cobra. That's the funniest part. <laughs> the blueberries of this week are sponsored by... Okay. Let's begin. Let's begin. My friends, I want to shake. I want to shake, shake, shake the foundations here a little bit. Maybe kind of look at things a little bit of a different way. The Pasuk says, Esav comes out, he's covered in hair, he's at, he's the, the, he, we know he has red hair, right? That's why he's called Edom. It's amazing that this guy lives and dies with Edom. The guy is Edom. His color is Edom. He's, uh, what's it called? Always, uh, is, uh, is, uh, his, uh, his power is in warfare, in, in bloodshed. This guy is the color red. That's who he is. He comes out like that. says the Pasuk. But in the beginning, they're studying Torah. They're doing great. Suddenly, the children grow up. Esav became a man who knew how to hunt. Ishsade, a man of the field. Yaakov Ishtam. And Yaakov was pure, was simple, straightforward. He sat in the tents. He studied Torah all the time. My friends, um, I want to point out that there's something that we all need to understand. The Pasuk tells us, Yitzchak loved Esav. He loved Esav. And why did he love Esav? The Pasuk says, Kisaid befiv. Different understanding what that means. Either it means that he would feed him from his, uh, from his uh, hunting. He would hunt for him. Another opinion is, Kisaid befiv. He was, he was a hunter with his mouth. He was able to fool people with his words. Okay? So as an example... The, uh, the Midrash says that he would, uh, he would have a, a guy come in and, uh, what's it called? Uh, to the court, into the Beit Din, and the Beit Din, the guy would say, look, I never, 
uh, you know, I don't know what you're accusing me of. I never stole anything in my life. I never was never, you know, I was never there on the night of the, the 12th, whatever. And Isab would cross-examine the witness. Isab would walk in and he would say, look, uh, we're not suggesting that you stole anything. All we want to know is what did you use to pick the lock? And the guy would say, I used the, the you know, the, <laughs> I used the paper clip. And that's how they got it. They got the guy to admit it because Esav was a hunter with his mouth. He was very clever, the Pasuk says. Now the Chachamim ask, how could it be that Esav, that Yitzchak loved Esav? Because he, because he fooled him. Was Yitzchak that simple that he did not understand who Esav really was? Was Yitzchak make the mistake of a lifetime in trusting, in loving a child that really should not have been loved, should not have been trusted, should not have been, uh, you know, uh, elevated. Is that what was going on over here? So Rabbi Yerucham says something unbelievable. He says, Has v'shalom, to think that Yitzhak made such an obvious mistake. They were all thinking, what kind of dim this guy is. This is Yitzhak Avinu. This is Yitzhak, he's so pure, he's a Navi. How can it be? The mistakes that we find that the great tzaddikim made are not gross negligence. They're the tiniest hair. What Yitzchak saw in Esav was that Esav was worthy of love. There was a tremendous amount in Esav that was worthy of love and respect. And that's what Yitzchak loved about Esav. The Gemara tells us, excuse me, the Midrash tells us that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, whose father was Rabban Gamliel, the leader of all the Jewish people. He was the Nasi. Okay? Rabban Gamliel. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, My whole life, I served my father, and I never was zochet to have the kibbur av, the respect for a father, kibbur avayim, of Esav, not even one hundredth. I was not zochet, lo shimashti oto, echad mi shishimesh Esav et aviv. What does that mean? And by the way, by the way, we find many great things said about the kibbur avayim of Rabbi Shimon uh, ben Gamliel. He even gives an example. He was said that when he would do something for his father, let's say his father would ask him to go, I don't know, pick the vegetables in the garden. He would change out of his suit and he would put on, I don't know, overalls. I'm giving an example. He didn't do that. I'm just saying. He would have clothing to get dirty to do happily for his father. He said, but Esav reserved his best clothing for when he was serving his father. Imagine your father asks you to go do something, to go uh, clean this car, and you put on your special kibud avaim tuxedo with your ma- magnificent uh, bow tie. Okay, and you're looking like a million dollars to do the mitzvah. He said, look at how Esab did the mitzvah. The rabbis explained, it's not that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel didn't do the actions that Esab did. Because then, don't complain about how you're not a 100th, just do those actions. That's not what it means. What Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel was pointing out is, that I saw the mitzvah as a mitzvah to do something that's difficult. That's my relationship with the mitzvah. I'm doing something difficult for my father because I love him because it's a mitzvah special. Esav didn't see that as a, as a bother. He didn't see it as something difficult. His relationship with kibbutz Avaim was on such a high level that the same way you go out for a night out, when you go, that's how Esav looked at the mitzvah. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel was not complaining about the deed that he couldn't do like Esav. It was that he couldn't get his head around that level of kibbutz Avaim, that the effort just disappears 
completely. Where do we find this idea? Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu says that he loved Rachel so much that all the work that he did her was with did for her was like a few days. Even though he works for her for 14 years, it feels like it's only a few days. Could you imagine something taking 14 years working on one project at work for 14 years? In real estate, you could work on a building for six months, sometimes let's say a year, right, until it, com- until it completes. It's a lot of work, sometimes it doesn't complete. You feel like, wow, I just wasted a whole year on this project. Happens a lot. Imagine 14 years on something. And at the end, you're like, yeah, it didn't feel like much. You know, you finally cut the ribbon. You're like, yeah, 14 years, no biggie. You know, I, I always knew in the deal. I believed in it. Right? Says the Pasuk, because he loved her so much that the work didn't seem like anything. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said, look at how great Esav was in this, in this area. My friends, I want to share with you again some mind-blowing chidushim from Torah that he shares. It's unbelievable. He says as follows. So number one, his level of kibbud avahem was off the charts. And what do we mean? Not in deed, but in creed, in the way he looked at the mitzvah. Number two, we find also that the pasuk tells us, uh, the Vilna Gaon, excuse me, tells us that if Yitzchak had not given the berachot to Yaakov Aminu, if Yitzchak had given the berachot to Esav, you know what would have happened? The Shevatim would have come from Esav. I, I need to let that land for a minute. The Jewish people would have came through the line of Avraham, Yitzchak, Esav. Are you understanding the power of what we're saying? That would have been Grandpa Esav, would have been our... There's obviously something there that maybe we're not understanding, realizing, recognizing about Esav's greatness. And the last thing I want to read to you, which is from the Hida, which to me was also absolutely unbelievable. The Hida says that the mind of Esav, the, the brain of Esav, was a thousand times the mind, the brain of, uh, of Yaakov. We're starting maybe now to understand why Esav's head merits to be in the Ma'arat HaMachmelah with the Avot, with Adam and Chava. In his head, there were great concepts. There was great wisdom. But that never translated down into his body. The only thing was in his head. He had unbelievable Kibbut Aven over here. He had, um, maybe he had great Chidushet Torah over here. But what was he as a person? So Rabenu Yerucham writes, he says something unbelievable. Rabbi Yerucham, he says, if he was so great, if that's what Yaakov Avinu loved, how did he go wrong? What happened to this giant of a human being, Esav? He wasn't just a simple rasha, another, yet another simple rasha. There was something special about it. I want to add to this for one second. Our rabbis tell us that he was completely covered in red hair. And that signified an element of Adom, of red, of hot blood. The Gemara actually tells us that that is a symbol of people that are born with red hair. They're hot-blooded. They, they, lose, they could lose their temper. That's what the Gemara says. Sorry? Yes. But my friends, we have a problem. What's our problem? We have another famous redhead. David HaMelech. There's also... 
red-haired. Do we find that David HaMelech is a person that's killing people, that's doing all sorts of averot, that loses his temper? No. We don't find that at all. So what's going on with David HaMelech? The answer is, it is true that a person with red hair is predisposed to this. It doesn't mean that Esav had one path in life. It means that he was given the passion, the energy, the, the temperament in his blood to do things with unbelievable excitement and energy. The question is, where did he place that jet fuel? Did he place that jet fuel in a, in a plane? You know, to take it to, uh, to, to, to vacations? I want you to think about this. When they bring fuel into Gaza, it could fuel a hospital, or it could be used to fuel their war machine. Fuel is ambiguous. It's, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't lean one way or the other naturally. So David HaMelech took all of that, and what did he do with it? He turned into Ne'im Zimirot Yisrael. He focused it on defeating Israel's enemies. He focused it on service of God, of studying Torah, of building up the Jewish people. That's what he used all of that red-haired beauty for. Esav, on the other hand, says Rabbi Yerucham, he made one mistake. You know what his mistake was? The children became bigger versions of themselves. They grew up. Esav was someone who knew how to hunt. Knowing how to hunt is not a bad thing. A lot of people have a job. They know how to do what they know how to do. Fantastic. Not everyone's going to study Torah every day, every night, be the rabbi. Not a problem that he was your dad. There's some rabbis that also have a job on the side also. Not a problem that a person's your dad. However, Esav, in the next words, is called Ish Sadeh. He was a man of the field. A person can be in the field and not a man of the field. A person can be in real estate, but not a man of real estate. The question over here, my friends, is how does one define who he is? So Esav has the very best head, but you know why it doesn't permeate his body? It doesn't become the person who he is in the day-to-day? Because he's already decided who he is in the day-to-day. He's a hunter. He's a man of the field. My friends, this question is a question all of us have to ask ourselves. I know you have a job. And it's a good thing you have one. I know you're out there doing things. It's a good thing. Fantastic. Use it the right way. Support your family. Support Siddhaqot. Excellent. But my friends, does that become who you are in your identity? I'll just give you an example. You have some people that their traits in the workplace come home to their home. Yeah? Who they are in the boardroom becomes who they are in the house, in the living room. They're a person who orders people around all day at work. They come home. What are they expecting to do? Order everybody around. My question, my question is simple. Why do your traits at work come home with you and not your traits from home come to work with you. Which, which one are you? 
Are you the Ish Sadeh? Or are you the Ish Tam Yoshev Alim? Yaakov Avinu also had a job. My friends, and it's not that Yaakov Avinu worked a little bit. He was a spoiled kid, picked up red checks from daddy. He goes all the way to work for Lavan. The Pasuk tells us, day, night, shepherding. I never lost a sheep. I never lost anything. Yaakov is very hard at work. But what happens? He makes sure that he's a rabbi who's a shepherd. Not a shepherd who moonlights as a rabbi. Is this clear? Is this clear, my friends? Where does a person stand? So Yitzchak looked at Esav and he saw unbelievable strengths. Strengths that if utilized would have made Esav much greater than Yaakov. Much greater. In his Moach, in his Kibud Avaim, in his Tzayid Befiv, he could have become someone unbelievable, as the Chida is telling us, as the Vilna Gaon is telling us. The Shabbatim could have come through him. Which is, by the way, why they used to always say that Yaakov Avin was going to marry Leah, um, uh, Rachel, and, and Yisab is going to marry Leah. It's not just prattle that people are talking about. You think Le'ah is crying because random people are joying in the street? You think one of the Imahot cares about what's in the National Enquirer? Esav to marry Le'ah. Why? Because they're both older. Hazaku Baruch. Le'ah understood on a deep level this was part of the universe. It was supposed to be a part of the world. She could sense that prophetically spiritually in her soul she cried every day of her life for it because it was real Esav could have become everything but instead he became nothing and what made the, all the difference in the world is this decision that Esav makes who am I my friends the, the, the Mishnah tells us keva umelachtecha Arai, make your Torah keva, set, and make your work, arai, which means, arai means temporary. Now listen carefully, I want, I want you to understand. A lot of times you have someone, I can't go to the shul, why have a business meeting? Imagine you said, I can't go to a business meeting, I have a shiur. I can't, I'm so sorry, I can't have that now, I have the clan. That's what keva means. Keva means this is set. Now, our rabbis explained to us, by the way, Keva doesn't say how long it is. Keva doesn't say that your Torah is 51% of the hours that you have in your waking day. It does not say that. It doesn't say make your Torah rov of your day. It doesn't say that. It says Keva. There's time in your day, every day, that should be set aside for Torah learning that never ever moves. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes. Five minutes that are holy of holies. What are you doing when you say that? You're saying that this is my anchor. My friends, this is my anchor. Even if it's a small amount of time, this is who I am. All of the rest that I'm doing is to support this. You know, I have a lot of people who support Talmidei Chachamim they support yeshivot. It's a wonderful thing. They support a person who's studying and learning. My friends, if you want to do that, you could let me know. I'll help you do that. But my friends, 
support yourself in learning. See your life as supporting that guy who spends five minutes a day learning. That guy is you. All that you do, everything I do, I do it for that you. You understand? Yaakov is Ishtam Yoshev Adi. How could you call him a man who sits in the tent? If he tells you that he's going to be out all day and all night being a faithful shepherd to the sheep of Lavan, the answer is, doesn't make a difference what he's doing. Who is he? He's the Ishtam Yoshev Adi. You know, I, I'm a Sephardic guy. I grew up Sephardic. I went to Ashkenazi Yeshiva. There wasn't another option when I was growing up. There wasn't a religious school in deal that I could go to. There wasn't. Even the yeshivot in the community that would have been someone, a place to go to, to become a rabbi, they didn't exist. When I was growing up, they did not exist. It was the first year, or maybe the second year of, of Ateret when they were first starting. But again, there was nothing. So I went local wherever I went. And I learned how to be able to pray, Sephardic, Ashkenaz. I learned how to relate to every kind of Jew. And I learned to love as well, just like I learned to love our tefillah, I learned to love... You can't compare. When you come back home and there's a Hazan singing on Yom Kippur, you know, I'm not saying ours is more beautiful objectively. I'm saying if that's what you grew up with, if that's what, as the Gemara says, Girsa di Yankuta, if that's the language of your youth, if that's where you come from, there's a special place that that holds in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, that you connect with, that is just not there about something that wasn't part of that ascension, of, that, of your growth. My friends, Yaakov spends the time in yeshiva learning. And then even when he leaves, who is he? He's the man of that yeshiva. I want to give you a crazy example. I happen to love football. Anybody here love football? So yeah, watching a football game, and they'll tell you, right? Dexter Lawrence. I'm going to pick the one good guy still left on the Giants. Okay? Sorry, sorry. Did, did you guys win? Oh, oh, you also, oh, and then you almost lost to the same Giants that you say are so bad. How you doing? Anyway, I think we should downgrade them from the Jets to the Propellers. You're going to get a bad name for Jet Set if those are Jets. My friends, Isma, Dexter Lawrence, they introduce him on the thing. They never introduce a football player as being on the team that he's on. You ever notice that? This guy from Villanova, this guy from USC, this guy from Georgia Tech, right? Isn't it interesting? The guy's in the NFL now for 10 years. He's a pro ball player. And you're telling me from when he was in college? Why do you think they do that? Ten years into the NFL. I need to know that this guy goes to... Why? You know what the answer is? Excellent. Georgia Tech players play in a certain way. Villanova plays in another way. This one plays in another... Why? Because the coaching staff of those colleges, they build this kind of a player. Slot players. They build players to be fast, to be strong, to be defensive machines. And what they're telling you, even after the guy's a pro bowler, this is where he came from. My friends, where do you come from? 
Where can you say that I'm an Ishtam Yoshevo Alim? That's my story. That's my background. My father always taught me. My grandfather. In our community, this is how we do it. That's why, my friends, this thing becomes a part of your lifelong story. So my friends, David Amelech, Esav are both born with this jet fuel in their blood. And David Amelech could have become the worst ever. Can I point out something? And again, this is my chidush. So if you don't like it, shoot me. Don't shoot anybody else. Listen to this. Rav Yerucham is trying to figure out how Yitzchak Avinu could have made a mistake. And he says he didn't make a mistake. He was investing in the greatness that could have been in Esav. That's what he was pining for, hoping for, trying to nourish and develop. Esav ultimately has free will. He took it another direction. But that's what Esav Yitzchak saw. He was not wrong. I have a question, a suggestion. The same way we're trying to figure out why Yitzchak was right, I also want to think, why was Shaul HaMelech right? Shaul HaMelech sees David, decides that David is gunning for his seat, decides that David is a traitor, decides that David wants power. And what does he try to do? He tries to kill David to take him out of the equation. He considers David a Mored Malchut, a person who's going to be a mutant, uh, run a mutiny. He tells his son, Yonatan, who's David HaMelech's best friend, we got to kill this guy. Now, David HaMelech, sorry, Shaul HaMelech, was he wrong? He was wrong. But what was Shaul's mistake? On some level, he was right. The same mistake that Yitzchak made in Esav, thinking he was good, because he was seeing the positive side of him. Shaul HaMelech made in David, seeing the negative side of him. Seeing what David could have become. And he was not wrong. He was also Admoni. But David HaMelech decided that who was he? He was Shifti the Bet Hashem. Kol I'm a person who lives in the shul. Who lives in the Bet Knesset. Did David live in the shul? Did he live in the Bet Knesset? He was busy fighting wars to save the Jewish people his whole life. But how did he see himself? He saw himself as a man of the shul, a man of the yeshiva. Gentlemen, this question is the question I feel every Jewish person should really be struggling with. A question of identity. Not an identity if you're Jewish. I'm taking that for granted. Not an identity that you're, that you're Jewish first, but after, that afterwards you're American. People in America want to know, why can't American Jews be American first? And Jewish second. You know what my answer is? History. We've never been able to stay anywhere. The one part that stays with us is the Jewish part. If we're Spanish Jews, but then we get thrown out. So then who are we? And if we're Portuguese Jews, then five years later, we're thrown out of Portugal. And then where are we? Jews from Holland? And we get thrown out. We don't want to put any other name in front of our name anymore. Because we've learned from history that we can never take any place besides for Israel for granted. I'm not even talking about that identity, Jews before, wherever we happen to be. I'm talking about, as a Jew, what is your identity? Are you a learning Jew? Are you a growing Jew? Are you a praying Jew? 
Are you a kind Jew? Are you a compassionate Jew? That's got to be who you are. Each time, Yoshev or Halim. And when a person sets their identity there, do you know what happens? Every part of their personality, which could have been used for good or for bad, where does it land if that's where you pitch your tent? It lands on the right side. On the right side of history, on the right side of good. May Hashem bless us always to be able to lay roots, to pitch our tent in the right place. Baruch Hanan Olam. Amen.